Hello, and welcome to the Mile High Church Podcast. Join us and some very special guests as we dive in together, open our hearts, and get real to discuss what we've been thinking about. Well, hi, this is Barry. It's good to be back with you, and this is uh, what we're thinking about. Today, I've got uh, two good friends here, Reverend Linda Rengel and Reverend Kay Johnson. Good to see you guys. Hi. Great to see hi, you. Barry. Yeah, and uh, our initiative at Mile High Church this year is about health and wellness, and uh, you two are certainly doing a lot of work in that area, and so we wanted to, to kick off the year with a little health and wellness thing. And the first thing I wanted to maybe get into is how we can establish uh, good habits for ourselves in terms of health and wellness, how to get them going, and what are the most important ones to start. So I'll throw it at you here, Kay. Well, okay, I can do a, a little bit of um, <clears throat> overview about habits in general because I've gotten very intrigued by uh, a new book that I've that's appeared in my uh, awareness called Atomic Habits. It's by James Clear. I would recommend it. And <clears throat> one of the things he talks about that is the the thing that people remember so much from uh, from his work is that he says we do not rise to the level of our goals, but we fall to the level of our systems, or I would say we fall to the level of our practices. Um, so goals are great, but what really matters is what is the habit that we're putting behind that desire that we have. Um, in order to really become the kind of person who actually does that. And, of course, he tells great, uh, one great story, which I'll, I'll share just briefly, about the person who wants to lose weight and they want to go to the gym. So um, this guy read this book and he decided he was just going to go to the gym every single day. He'd get in his car, he'd drive there. He'd get out of his car, he'd go inside, he'd work out for five minutes, then he got back in his car and drove home. <clears throat> but he did it every day. And, and eventually he did reach his, reach his goal of weight loss and becoming stronger. But it was because he started small like that. And um, every time he went to the gym and worked, even if it was just five minutes, he was casting a vote for being the kind of person he wanted to be which is a person who is healthy and well and strong. So that's, that's a place to, to just think about that piece of it. Well, I like that idea in terms of uh, beginning and, and <clears throat> starting. And so uh, in terms of wellness, you deal with a lot of people with wellness. You have support groups for people who are dealing with uh, uh, different kinds of illnesses and uh, there's a lot of uncertainty in our culture because of the virus and stuff like that. And so for people who are up against something and they're dealing with, let's say, the anxiety about uh, diagnosis or anxiety about their house, where do they begin? Where do they begin? What's a good habit to begin with to start to be a healthier person? I think at the beginning of a new year, certainly at the beginning of 2022, you know, we heard about being healthier in sort of a global sense. And so often that means for people, diet and exercise, diet and exercise. We've all heard that prescription. I think in the age we're living in, you mentioned the virus, but a lot of other things are going on as well. The diet that we should be talking about is the emotional diet we're feeding ourselves. Yeah. And you spoke of habits. I think if we can get into 
a habitual way of more feeding ourselves healthy emotions and not suppressing, but letting the negative emotions flow across like a cloud, we do our our body temples an incredible service that we know that in health and healing, having a strong inner immune system, inner circulatory system, inner uh, central nervous system is vital to all of our health. So we want to be inviting in those emotions that uplift all of that. And those would be pleasure, joy, delight, awe, happiness. And so I know for me, with an eight-year-old diagnosis of lung cancer and now trying to live in harmony daily with one little brain tumor and one little lung tumor, I actively seek positive emotions. And so some of those come from grandkids. We have grandkids or kids, and they're hilarious. They're they're just hilarious. So I delight in them. I subscribe to Joke of the Day, so I get that in my email. And I will actively go to things like America's Funniest Home Videos and have five minutes of laughter. In our support group, our next Wednesday night, as luck would have it, is laughter yoga. So there are ways we can intentionally embrace uplifting emotions, and they uplift us physically. So you put yourself in a situation uh, where you're being supported emotionally uh, and bringing more joy into your life consciously rather than just letting the world come at you in a way. So I think uh, one thing I want to talk about is like how do you how do you protect your how do you protect your habits? How do you protect your uh, sense of direction and your sense of connection with what's important to you? So I think that to your point of motivation. Everyone finds their own. It's whatever gives your life meaning and mattering. And so that's an individual question with a myriad of answers, each as unique and individual as we are. So it's important for each person to locate their strong reasons for living, whatever that can be. And Kay and I in our healing ministry find that people can name the first three pretty easily. I love it when people get to four and five. So people usually list family, friends, my furry creatures who live with me, and then they get a little stuck. But for you, it might be gardening or music or walking. So whatever it is that sparks you, embrace that. Know that it's one of your strong reasons for living and let that undergird your habit. And then, yes, put a boundary around your strong reasons for living, especially four and five. So for me, if it's playing pickleball, I'm going to say my boundary is that I play pickleball on Mondays at 5.30. And I try to just leave that time as a sacred commitment to my own health and well-being. So yeah, I think establishing priorities for your health and well-being, because we kind of have been living in a culture where uh, it's about work and how much can you get done and how much uh, uh, how much can you produce, right? And so the, the, the concept of health and well-being is something that we're just embracing in a different way now, to do it consciously and to bring our focus there. And so um, not only protecting that time, but protecting, uh, blocking out your time so that 
it's it's as precious as work or more precious than work and um I think the thing about making time for things that bring you joy, you said something about that, about finding things, uh, finding things that bring you inspiration and then taking the time to slow down and absorb those things. Absolutely. One of the things I've done for years is subscribe to the uh, Daily Pearl that the that Mile High Church puts out. And it's just a short quote usually. And it just, you know, in that moment that you're thinking about what those words mean and, and, and how they might affect you, um, you're, you're, you're doing good things for your body and you're doing good things for your attitude um, moving forward in the day for sure. Um, the, one of the things that a lot of people who are um, trying to do spiritual work or trying to, to find more balance in their life is that they, they think, I, I just really, I should be a meditator. You know, I, I wish I were uh, meditating. Um, and then they set a goal. I will meditate 30, 30 minutes a day. for, And this is pretty overwhelming. So one of the things about establishing a habit of meditating, and now I'm talking to somebody who maybe doesn't meditate at all, or maybe somebody who meditates once in a while, um, and that is to um, do a couple of things to make it easy. We can establish a habit if we try to, if we spend some time thinking, how could I make this easy? So one of the things that will make meditating easy for, easier for everybody is to download the app called Insight Timer. Insight Timer. Now, when you download that, it's, there are thousands of meditations on there. Actually, there are maybe a hundred uh, offerings on there from ministers at my, from Mile High Church. So there are meditations that I've done. There's meditations that Reverend Linda's done. There are meditations in there that uh, Dr. Barry has done. So if you really want to f- focus on the spiritual teaching that we p- represent in terms of health and well-being, that's a great th- way to start. That makes it easy. So you don't even, you go in there, you write, you, you pluck on Discover, and you write in Mile High Church, and they're right in front of you. Or maybe you'd like to focus on mindfulness. Then you, then you can do that. So another thing to do to make it easy is to keep it small. Like the guy who went to the gym and only exercised for five minutes. After a while, after he had established his habit, then he added more. And more time. And he worked out longer because it became part of who he was. And he was, he really, really wanted to be healthy and strong. And so he had, a, he had that strong reason for doing it that, that Reverend Linda talked about. Um, and so, but starting small allowed him to stick with it. I think sticking with it is one of the things that, that you know, challenges us, challenges us. So one of the things that we're going to do just a little bit later is to just practice a two-minute meditation. So just hang on, and we're going to do that real soon. Well, one of the things I think that um, I always talk to people about in classes is about meditation is it's not difficult to meditate. It's difficult to sit down to meditate. And the same thing with writing. You know, I'm always thinking about, you know, I need to spend more time on my writing. 
Well, it's not difficult to write once I sit down and get ready, you know, and so I think you have to do the things to bring yourself to that place, and you have to be fierce about bringing yourself to that place. If I decide that I'm going to meditate every day, then <clears throat> without thinking about it, I have to go in and sit down, and and that's the process, just like the guy going to the gym. I'm going to go, right? I'm not going to be able to lift a 1,000 pounds today, but I'm going to make it to the gym, and I'm going to begin. And I think that that's a thing about once we establish a habit, we feel better, and we start making better choices about the other things in our life, the food that we're going to eat, the people we're going to connect with, the things we're going to watch, things we're going to listen to. Once we establish some good habits, we will attract other good habits and good things to ourselves. And I think for people who are uh, in a time of confusion about diagnosis and a time of anxiety, that can be the most difficult thing is establishing habits because we're taking in a lot of outside information that's causing us stress and anxiety. And I think that's when it's important to say, to take good care of myself, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do this every day. So I think that the idea that, uh, that you brought up about the motivation the motivation of relationship is a big part of this thing is what I'm getting. And for the people in your groups, it is. It is. When people can identify, I want to see this little person grow up, or I want to stay coupled in this relationship longer, then yes, I mean, that provides cellular and cellular motivation. And that's really the depth at which it has to begin or else habits phase habits fade and that is the fallacy of making a new year's resolution you know it's easy to say difficult to do so just like you making yourself sit down to write you have a larger goal in mind correct Mm -hmm. and that would be just being part of a creative process that's my larger goal to to spend as much time as possible in the creative process because it brings me joy. I like it. And then I, you know, I feel good. I feel healthier about that. You know, and that, the thing that has helped me uh, physically too is, is uh, rather than looking at the goal of I want to lose weight or I want to get in shape, I've got to fall in love with uh, the elliptical trainer. You know, I've got (laughs) one of those. And Mm -hmm. I just love the process of going in there every morning, getting on it, listening to music, and I'm just in love with the process now. So nothing is going to get in, what, in the way of that habit. I'm, I'm getting towards my goals, but I'm loving the process. And I think that that's the thing about habits, too. you got to fall in love with the, with the process. Like the guy going to the gym, once he does it a few times, the first time it feels really awkward and it feels new and it feels like, why am I doing this? And I only worked out for five minutes. But if you can stay with it, then you start falling in love with the process of just walking in the door to the gym. Mm-hmm. I think that that's important. And one of the reasons that falling in love with the process is so is so powerful is in terms of meditation, for example, is that we know that meditation, and there's countless studies, uh, scientific studies, that have shown that meditation is one of the most powerful things that you can do to put your body into a healing state. Uh, into a, a place where it where it it's you feel good and it is working well. It's it's the, one of the ways you can do to support your body, whether you um, have an illness that you're that you're dealing with or whether you're just feeling anxious. That that it's a 
tremendous stress reliever as well. So um, making it easy, making it um, something that you love doing is, is really, that process is wonderful. One of, the, one of the tricks is to, first of all, identify exactly what the time's going to be. And from the experience that we've had working with a lot of different people, it seems to work best one of two times. Either you get up a little bit earlier and do it first thing, or you do it last thing before you go to bed. That seems to be what most, not everybody, of course, but most people find those, one of those two times works well. And then have, you have a special place, a ch- chair that's comfy, something, a um, place where you can shut the door, or and maybe you even have something beautiful to look at um, that says to you, this is what I do here in this space. I do this. I do this meditation. Well, I think one of the things that I'm getting from both of you guys is uh, it kind of uh, pushes against our idea of multitasking, right? So we've become a culture of multitaskers and taking in a lot of information, processing a lot of information at once. And I think meditation is when we give ourselves the gift of just doing that, I'm just going to relax, I'm just going to breathe, I'm going to count to four or whatever I'm going to do, and to allow ourselves to do that. And I think part of it is just convincing ourselves, this is what I want to do. This is important. My health and my wellness is important to me. And I know when you're up against a diagnosis like you guys have been, it narrows your focus so you realize, no, this is mm-hmm. this is important, mm-hmm. right? And for a, for a lot of us, making that decision consciously, I think, is the part that uh, brings us to where we have to begin. To make that decision, this is important. For me to sit down and meditate for 15 minutes might be the most important thing I do all day mm-hmm. in terms of my health and my wellness. Mm-hmm. So that's good. So should we go? Also, just to pick up on one thread that you were talking about of what's important, I'm thinking of your creative writing process and tying it to the bigger picture. It sounds like you are dedicated to writing because it connects you to your creativity. That comes from the creative ultimate presence. So it's deeply rooted in who you are. And the people Kay and I see succeeding on their healing journeys in a really vibrant way are the ones who connect their habits to something very deep-seated within their lives, an actual heart's desire. I'm not talking about fit into my skinny jeans. I'm talking about something incredibly deep-seated, family, friends, spiritual unfolding. Those kinds of things seem to yield the deepest and most long-lasting healing. Good. Yeah. And that's the motivation that brings you back to your habits. True. Okay, great. Okay, so we're about to go into a meditation here for just a couple minutes. So if you're driving or if you're walking, uh, just be aware of that and probably be best not to close your eyes. So this is just going to be a two-minute meditation. And I would invite you to join us and just assess how you're feeling before we start and see if you feel just a little bit better by the time we've finished. And I'm going to uh, actually time myself, because otherwise I'm likely to, to run on and on. So let's start first by just sitting, sitting uh, in a comfortable spot and put your feet on the floor. And I love to think of that as connecting to the earth. And then when you sit up kind of straight, uh, not, not ramrod straight or anything, but just uh, dignified, 
that connects us to heaven or to the universe, to the cosmos. And so gently close your eyes and we'll start. So just bring your attention to your breath. Really attend to your breath as you breathe in. Pause for a moment and breathe out. Now breathe in again, attentively. Pause a moment and breathe out. And now I'd like to invite you to bring your attention to your heart space. Maybe you would think of it as your heart chakra. And you might even want to put your hand on your heart. And now imagine attent attentively breathing into your heart. Breathe in. And consciously breathe out from the heart. And do that one more time. And now bring to your mind something that you just dearly love and adore. Now this might be a person, it might be your spouse, it might be a friend, it might be your dog or your cat. It might be an experience that you just love doing. Maybe walking in nature, maybe skiing. Or a place, a special, special place. Maybe it's Hawaii or being in the ocean or Venice, something you really love. Bring that feeling into your heart. And now from that place of love and appreciation, we're going to create an affirmation. I am filled with love, health, and well-being now. Again, I am filled with health, love, and well-being right now. Let it go. Open your eyes. So that was two minutes, ten seconds. So our bodies have responded just in those little two minutes. So Linda's going to explain how that happened. So what we just did, physiologically speaking, was we lowered cortisol, and we increase dopamine, relaxin, serotonin, oxytocin, and our wonderful endorphins. That's what meditation does. That's why the studies tell us that doing just a few short minutes a day changes us from the inside out, changes us biologically as well as mentally and emotionally. So every time you meditate, you are casting a vote for being the kind of person who meditates for well-being. So be it. All right, so we're just about to wrap it up here. I want to thank you guys both for being here. And, and uh, if you were going to sum up what's your most important point today, Linda, what do you think it is? I would say that if you're thinking about diet, make it a healthy, emotional diet. Seek, embrace, and savor the emotions that promote your health. I love it. I love it. Okay, how about you? Well, I guess I'm going to focus on uh, if you really want to be a meditator, start off small, 
Give yourself a little reward afterwards. And what I would say is you just put a little X by that day on the calendar. And every day a little X, it feels so good. I'm doing this. I'm the kind of person who meditates. Um, that would be my suggestion. Keep at it. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys for being here today and uh, talking about health and well-being. That's our initiative this year at Mile High Church to really bring our focus to that. And I think uh, the thing that I love about it is uh, that we deserve to be well. We, it's Our happiness is something that uh, uh, we create, and uh, we create it with our habits. And uh, we live in a very busy world with a lot of information. So taking the time, taking the focus, taking the energy to bring our attention where we want it to be uh, is important. So thank you all for helping us do that. And thank you all for listening today. We'll be back soon with what we're thinking about.